Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm joined here by my co-host and a special recurring guest. Hey, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, This is uh, Ryan, the Japan hobbyist out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and our special guest is... Hello, it's Claudio here, and I also wish you a Happy New Year. How hot is it down in Brazil right now? Very hot. I'm melting. (laughs) Get the air conditioner on full full blast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce our topic for this week, Ryan? Yeah. So you know we're winding down the Crimson Vow uh, season. Um, we have Kamigawa spoilers coming in the next few weeks. So I thought, you know, hey, let's wrap up this whole season. What what you know happened this season? But also, I think we get a lot of information. Um, coming up for uh, Pioneer this year, and Pioneer in this 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 next season that I'd like to talk about. So I thought we'd cover that too. So kind kind of a you know like a news update, kind of a housekeeping episode, housekeeping episode <laughs> of sorts. Yeah, so a little bit of meta, uh, a little bit of news, uh, our reactions, etc. Does that sound good? Yep, sounds great to me. Yeah, and it's it's been an exciting season for me. You know, I feel like there's been a lot of changes as we've been watching the meta. You know, it seems like there's a best deck and then another best mm-hmm. deck, and then uh, it kind of falls back into a place where I think there's a lot of things that are being played right now mm-hmm. and a lot of good viable things. And I think there's even good things that aren't being played right now. So kind of a nice little meta recap is I think where we're going to start off. Yeah, so let's start off with Pioneer PTQ results. I believe it was a PTQ. I think people were mm-hmm. saying it was a PTQ. Or was it just the premiere? I don't know what the, the name is. It, it was a Magic. PTQ. When it's listed it, as a premiere, it's a PTQ. Okay, because yeah, you know, Wizards just keeps changing the names around, so we never know what's what's what. So, but yeah, um, we had the. Should I? Who wants to read over the list? You want to read over the list, uh, Kevin, or should I read over the? You list? want me to go through just quick archetypes? So yeah. first place, uh, Capricico Capricio yeah. uh, uh, with four color Jeskai Ascendancy. Second place was a um, an Asika's, what is it called? Transmogrify deck. Mm-hmm. The like uh, Fire's Invention Transmogrify. Third place was a... What was Lotus it? Field. Oh, Lotus Field. Yep. Lotus Field. Here yeah. we go. Uh, fourth place was another Jeskai Ascendancy. So that's that's four combo in the top four pretty much, wow. isn't it? Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Uh, five, Phoenix. Six, another Lotus Field. Another Seventh... Lotus Field. Mm-hmm a uh vampires and eight is one of these mono red decks we've been seeing a lot of mm. so, uh, so that that's a topic do you want to go through any more or do you yeah, want to if you want to what we, uh, discuss? Might, might as well because that seems very very skewed towards combo but what what's let's finish out the top 16 what is the top 16 look all right like? so yeah so top 16 well another lotus field a uh oh looks like angels Mm-hmm. Um, mono red, a different, slightly different build of it. This one's more of the Torbran versus the first one we were looking at was kind of that just like mid range chunky red. Mm-hmm. Love, love to bring back that lingo. Um, we've got one more Ascendancy deck. We've got a, one more Lotus Field deck. We've got another Phoenix, another red, um, same red, and yeah. a Jund Citadel. Good. Or is this just the Jund? Um, yeah. Oh, so this is Jund Trail of Crumbs. Mm-hmm. So it's not the uh, not the Citadel version. All right. So um, first reactions. What, what do you guys think of these lists? How do you feel about these lists? 
So I think it's a bit weird seeing that many combo decks here, but this tournament was coming off from a period or where Vampires was one of the best decks. Mm-hmm. And it I think it makes a lot of sense to see this, like as a reaction to that. People are playing really slow and mid-range decks and grindy decks like Junt up, mm-hmm. up until this point. And like even the red decks are slower. Like uh, people are playing chun- were playing playing a lot of chunky red instead of normal burn. Mm-hmm. So I think this makes a lot of sense to me. Like uh, I think Pioneer is really uh, fast to react to what uh, was seen playing before. And I think we see this here. Like even the list of the one the event that uh, this is Dom Harvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He you see that he actually cut Omnaths. Because he thought I just don't need enough in my deck to gain life against the aggressive, aggressive decks. Because I just want to go as fast as possible. Yeah, so this version replacing the Omnath in the Jeskai Ascendancy with some Faborough Elder as well as... Is there a little bit more card? So a Tamiyo, it looks like, is kind of a flex slot. And then you're going up to the 4-up for Consider. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were on 4-up before. Yeah. Um, the other change that he did is he went with Portable Hole rather than Chain to the Rocks, which I think is just saying that there's a lot of hate cards, and he'd rather be able to take care of those with Portable Hole rather than, you know, if not hitting big creatures. I- I'm guessing that's the big difference there, but I don't know if you want to comment. Yeah, I think it's... I think he was thinking the same, probably. Like, I, I, he wants to be able to remove a deafening silence uh, post-board without, like, changing much, I would guess. And I will say, it, it made a big improvement to his mana overall, you know, being able to play a lot more pathways, a lot more of the enemy fast lands, because you don't need quite as many mountains if you're not supporting the um, the ability to go and uh, chain to the rock mm-hmm. something. Yeah, no fabled passage as well, so you have less uh, hands with a bunch of tapped lands already. Which is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Like, Omnath is definitely not free to play if you're trying to maximize it, I would say. So what are the what are the matchups where Omnath is good? For for me, I think it's been more of the either fair or control-y matchups. You know, Omnath, it draws a card when it enters. So you play it against something like Control or a mid-range, you know, Niv. It draws a card. It, it's putting a threat on the board. It's you know making you do something, so you're not just uh, dirtling. Or like just regular burn, right? Just like gaining life beats regular burn, but it doesn't beat chunky red. Hmm. Okay. Like they have chandras and ferocidon, so your omnath is not necessarily going to be game winning. So uh, two things I wanted to say, uh, Kevin, you called out Favor Elder a while back saying that it's possibly a playable card, especially in, you know, a deck like Omnath or Ascendancy. How do you feel? Do you feel vindicated? Um, I, I mean, I mostly was bringing it up as a little bit of a meme because there's yeah. some fun things you can do with it. But, you know, it's a powerful card. I, I don't think they're playing it, you know, to be a threat. Like, no, they're not caring no. about the fact that it become a 4-4 or 4-5. Or um, and more just the fact that it taps for mana. Uh, and it is particularly good tapping for mana with the Jeskai Ascendancy. Like he said, it was not very good. And if we see like more recently, up to this week, people moved away from that to play Paradise Druid. That's uh, what I was going to say. So this one was on the Fabro Elder. And I think that the evolution from there has been moving to Paradise Druid I as see. an additional two drop that also uh, is able to keep the Hexproof most of the time when you want it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. The other thing that I wanted to point out, so whenever we get a lot of people playing a format, especially a lot of uh, competitive players uh, playing a format, I kind of feel that the metagame shifts towards combo or control. Would you guys agree or disagree? 
I don't think so. I think it has Pioneer has its moments. Like now, it's a, a lot of these combo decks, but things have already move, moved past that. So you're going to see yeah. like, that decks that punish this. Like a lot of blue white has been doing well. Then mm-hmm. a lot of burn is going to appear in response to that, and things are going to, mm-hmm. to shift. Okay. Yeah, I think that's tough to say. You know, people love their interactive decks. Like, you still see plenty of... And you also see, see people going, you know, I want to play Burn. I want to have something linear and straightforward, especially if they're not used to the format. So I, I don't know if you can pigeonhole it exactly like that. I think a lot of players, you know, especially grinders, like to have agency. And maybe that's what you're saying, is that, like, they want to be doing something that the opponent might not necessarily know how to answer, you know, going their own route a little bit. Uh, but I, I don't see as much of a, like, oh, it's a big format, that's why we're seeing more combo. I think it was um, mm-hmm. a little bit more of what Claudio was saying, a reaction to what we saw the okay. prior weeks of this format. So did anything kind of stick out, um, you know, from any of these decks? Like, anything kind of surprising other than, you know, for example, like that one off of, of uh, the, the Fabro? <clears throat> I mean, they, they seem, the list so seemed pretty here. optimized, pretty stocked to me. Yeah, I think I think everything's kinda kinda normal besides like uh the fires deck. The fires deck is really mm-hmm. strange to me. The deck was kinda kinda absent from, from the metagame for a while. Yeah. Not sure what's its place right now. Mm-hmm. And the very last list from the top sixteen, I think it's really interesting. Uh it's a giant food deck, but they're playing for Karn. Which is really something I have not seen before. That's definitely an interesting one. So what are they grabbing with their Karn board in that deck? Oh, so they have... Okay, so they have the usual cards. Dunphy Sphere, Godfather Statue. Um, mm-hmm. Bola Citadel is oh, a nice well, one. Bola Citadel, yeah. That, that, that's actually a good point. You know, we said there's no Bola Citadel in the main, but four ways to grab it when you've got the mana to be able to cast it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's turned slower usually, but that's still... Um, you know, you're not running the risk of playing it into a really bad matchup, and yet you can still grab it anytime you mm. want to have it for that win. Yeah, they have a. You know, they're probably not win. going to. I don't think this list would auto win with a Bola Citadel in play. You know, they don't have the ways to scry from the top of their library as much, but it's still just a very powerful card. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is just black green, right? No, no, no. It's uh, other it's than just, well, it's got the Mayhem Devil, the Corvold, yeah, yeah, so it's still splashing that red. Yeah, so no other cards then? I mean, that's interesting to, to hear. Nothing else sticks out? Well, I, I do want to mention, you know, like I said, there are kind of two versions of this mono red that we're seeing. We are seeing one that's like the Chandra. We're seeing the Cemetery Gatekeepers has been a common thing. You know, I, I know you're talking about looking at playing that list for yeah. yourself. Um, we'll probably mention that. But, you know, we're also seeing the version that's a little bit more in on Tor brand. Let me see if I can find the difference here. I think the the lists are pretty close. The difference is that some lists play like uh, more one drops. They play Swift mm-hmm. Spear and some don't. Because one issue of the mono red deck, if you're playing as like say uh, one of the combo decks, is that you're relying pretty hard on the idol effect, and if they get killed, sometimes your deck is too slow. Mm. So I think that's kind of what people are trying to go for here. So how do you feel about the Chandra, not Torture Defiance, but Dress to Kill? You know, I, mm. I'm not seeing it in these lists, but I think that since then I've been seeing more of it popping up. Uh, do you think that that's a card that should be in the red lists, or do you need to be playing the additional one-drops if you're playing it? It's in Burn, right? 
No, oh, I like I like Chandra Dress to kill it. Um, light up the stage, so your curve needs to be a bit slower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I I think I like that. But like the the Chandra, the meta game is at least right now is not really about like being super grindy. So I, I'm not sure you need Chandra. Mm -hmm. yeah, I like, I do want to say uh, I'm really happy to see Scab Clan Berserker. Seeing yeah, some play I was going to say that. Like, it's kind of stock now to see uh, 12 Eidolon effects in the big red deck. They play for Gatekeeper, Fire Eidolon, and Fire Scabcon Berserker. Mm hmm. That's a fun card. Fun card there. Um, so, you know, that being said about the, you know, this, this game and about just like the, uh, you know, I guess the, the format in a whole, would you say that, uh, at the end of Crimson Vow, uh, the format's stable. You know, are we going to see any big changes before Kamigawa, um, you know, uh, releases in, in about, what, a month here? Is it a month? Is it a couple weeks? I can't remember. Uh, it's a couple spoilers weeks. begin in the end of this month, I think, so. Yeah, yeah. A month so, yeah. and a half, maybe. Has the format stabilized? Uh, are, we, are we not going to see anything big, you know, until Kamigawa comes out? What do you guys think? I, unless someone comes up with something totally new, I don't think so. Pioneer has, like, these big cycles where, mm -hmm. like, things keep shifting between the top decks. I think that's yeah. going to continue. Um, yeah, so let, let's start to go into that. Let's kind of talk about where the format started and where it's kind of ended up and the decks that have been, you know, mm. at top or definitely at the top tables in, in that time. So I think when we started out going into this format, the top deck, you know, after Innistrad Midnight Hunt was really Phoenix. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's right where we kind of started out. We saw not much really change with Phoenix, but the big thing we saw added was that that's we people were still really just experimenting with how much they wanted the pieces of the puzzle, how much they wanted the um the extra turn spells. And that's really where we we started off with Phoenix, you know, being on a high place and just kind of taking even more upwards, uh really being the most popular deck in the format for a couple weeks there. Mm. And where did it go from there if you guys want to tell the story with me? Would vampires be in there as well? I think vampires was after. I think uh, right after Phoenix, the deck that became really popular was Winota, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we saw a lot of Winota being played, and like after that, basically the deck quite quite down a little bit, and mm. Phoenix kept like putting up huge numbers for a while. I mean, I think there's people just choosing consistency, you know, because of all the spells over, um, you know, flashy wins. You know, Winota maybe has just a little bit less consistency than um, than Phoenix, because Phoenix can just dig itself out of anything, you know, with the uh, Treasure Cruise or the, the extra turn effect. Yeah, I felt for a while that Phoenix just seemed like the deck that had no bad matchups. You know, it didn't have a lot of crushing matchups where you just can't beat Phoenix, but it also felt like, you know, it, it definitely had play against everything. Um, you know, people used to call that the Jund of the format. I've made the joke before that now Jund of the format is kind of a joke, but uh, hmm. that is kind of still where they're standing is that they, they were a deck that just had, you know, plus, plus upwards of 50% win rates against pretty much everything. But there were definitely, like, I was just saying, decks like the Winota decks that were just sticking around. 
Um, you know, really nothing was knocking that down. We were continuing to see burn. We were continuing to see control. Mm-hmm. And all of those decks just had reasonable matchups against each other. And now we... So then, then you brought up vampires, because I think that's the next place that really broke out during this set. Because is, uh, of Winota, We started to right? see the adaptation. I think, I yeah, I, I think it's because the deck is really reasonable against Phoenix. Because once, mm. once uh, the new set came out, people started to play in black-white. And once you're playing black mm. white, you have access to the really good sideboard cards. So, mm. like, once you start playing Go Blanks and Deafening Silence, suddenly your Phoenix matchup is not that bad. Mm-hmm. Now, did the. I mean, they're playing the new Soren, right? Or were they or were they not? Yeah, they're playing um, the new Soren and Edgar. The new Soren, the new Edgar. Those are the kind of two. As well as the Vidalarin Estate, which I think. You know, it's not a big impact, but it's it's not nothing. Yeah, it's a nice one. So, so yeah. we know mm-hmm. vampires got new cards um, from Vow. I want to say, did it? Did any other new cards show up in in the format? Uh, well, didn't, uh, we went a gatekeeper in red, briefly. right? Yeah, the gatekeeper. gatekeeper the gatekeeper a lot of play. Hmm. Uh, I would I would also say in that red deck also the. Um, the one mana spell that exiles. Uh, trying to think the instant. Oh yeah, oh, of course the, the those couple of little improvements we saw. We yeah. saw um, those red burn spells get better. What was it? Uh, Flimblast bolt. Yeah, yeah Flimblast bolt is uh, really like it's not that flashy, but it's a staple because mm. it just replaced magma spray, which is pretty mm-hmm. meaningful for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blood Tithe Harvester is another one that's been showing up in a few places. Not in that Vampire's deck, but I think we will talk a little bit about Black-Red Midrange because I think that's definitely been a deck that's been showing up. I've seen people playing it, but I haven't seen it winning. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, that's fair. Honestly, you know, when it first When it first started, I was kind of low on it. Like, I think I saw, you know, I think I saw the first big tournament where Cab uh, did really well on it, and I think I saw him beat a couple of streamers that I was watching. I was like, man, he got some lucky hands in those that didn't look like a very good deck um i think that the big thing he was missing is he wasn't running soren at the time and mm-hmm. i think soren is just huge for mid-range strategies so now I, i'm more in on that and i do think that people have been exploring kind of the black mid-range strategies more you know we've been seeing a little bit more with dreadhorde arcanist a little mm-hmm. bit of adaptation with dreadhorde arcanist and i think that that is somewhere that especially into this kind of more developed meta we've been seeing that that does seem like a real deck I mean, I would say people are starting to test out other ideas more now that we've had a, a more stable uh, format for as long as we've had during the season. You know, no bans, um, pretty much the same builds for most other decks. Like, I even heard that there was a uh, uh, a red-black shrapnel blast uh, blood token deck out there. Oh, both both Claudio and I play that. We we love that deck. Yeah, I love so, that deck at least. So that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of deck that that can be really good if you don't need to care about defending yourself at all. Like mm-hmm. the deck is just very suicidal, which is something that works sometimes, but it, it's not good every time for sure. So. Yeah, I'd like to see red black uh, be explored a little bit more. I think there's definitely more space, and we said we've said that in the past that a lot of these archetypes, not archetypes, but color combinations, still have some uh, space for exploring and, and you know deck building. So, yeah, I think pretty much all of Pioneer has uh, the 
there's something to be said for the what people say that it, the format is under underexplored. I think it is. So we still have more. We still have more. We have yeah. a lot more people playing now, which is great. Which means we have more minds working on it. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that in a minute here. Yeah. So how about um, here's a question for you guys. What do you think is kind of the most or like early in this season, what do you think was the most overhyped deck? Early in the season, oh, I think oh. it's perfect because I was looking at the the cards from the from the set, and I we, we skipped over Talia. Yeah, and like <laughs> hum, humans was one of the most overhyped decks in the beginning, and the deck put uh, a lot of results, but it has kind of died off. It, that's where I was seeing as well. So I was wondering, like, are people just not playing it enough, or is it actually not great? Uh, really curious your take on that because it's not one I've, I've tested with too much. I think it's the fact of vampires being a good deck for so long. Mm. Like, vamp- it's kind of weird because like after vampires started seeing play, John popped up again, and like you definitely don't want to be playing humans against vampires and John. You're never going to win those matchups. For the most mm. part, like Mayhem Devon cats and like a bunch of lifelinkers from vampires. That touch as well. Yeah, I think that's kind of uh, kind of makes yeah, sense. I mean, so to me. are you saying that maybe it could be good given the right meta game? Mm-hmm. So it's not bad; it's just uh, being outplayed at the moment. Yeah, I think so. Like, for example, in the tournament we saw, in the PTQ we saw, I think humans would be a fine choice. Mm. You have a lot Mm -hmm. of disruptive elements against the combo decks, Mm -hmm. which is something really good. Yeah, yeah, I could agree with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Kevin, anything else? Or do you want to move on to the next topic? Well, Well, let's talk just a little bit more on the evolution here, because, you know, Coming right out of that Vampires, that's sort of where we saw this tournament we just discussed, which oh. was pretty heavily in the combo. Mm. And what's been the adaptation since that? You know, what have you seen this week, Claudio? Oh, uh, in kind of, of the beginning of the week, people started, I think Felix Slew was the one that started this. People started playing Burn again with a bunch of, like, really aggressive elements, security like critics and... Even I think he was even playing pick eruption in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw so, that to really like uh, beat ascendancy, especially because once you cut enough, like the thing with burn is that you don't need the twelve idols to to beat people. You just kill them because the deck mm. is fast enough. I heard uh, heroic is is on its way back too. Oh, I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna ask if you thought that was a flash in a pan or if that's it, the same kind of idea. I was going to say that it uh... was, but it looks like uh, the challenge from today, the finals was a heroic mirror. Hmm. Oh wow! I didn't I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So I think it, but it makes sense to me. People are playing chain to the rocks and portable hole, a bunch of mm-hmm. clunky removal mm-hmm. spells, not many fatal pushes. And it makes sense, like, Heroic can just kill people really fast. Yeah, those decks, oh my god, so frustrating to play against. (laughs) Especially if you're any kind of (laughs) mid-range deck. It's like, oh, didn't get my one mana spell, I'm dead on turn three. Yeah. So I think where I'm surprised, I'm I'm really surprised we're not seeing the one mana, um, oh god, what is the name of it, I can never remember. The one that gives, like, a counter and vigilance and uh, homestead courage. Mm. I'm surprised that card isn't showing up, because I thought that card was really strong. But Oh, people are um, playing we are, uh, we are seeing, Ancestral Anger now, right? 
Yeah, Ancestral Anger is the one that we're seeing now. So that one's also draw a card, and it's plus X plus zero trample, and it gives um, pl- another plus one plus zero for each one you've already cast, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it makes sense. There's only so much space you can dedicate to like pure pump spells, and I think Gird for Bato is just a better card. Hmm. Mm, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, what about, you know, the one I was thinking, you know, we're kind of getting off topic here, but uh, what is the plus one plus zero draw card? Um, Defiant Strike? Yeah, yeah, Defiant Strike. You know, we're still seeing Defiant Strike, and I'm kind of thinking, like, is drawing a second copy of Homestead Courage, because, you know, you get the card in the graveyard, better than drawing a random card from your deck from Defiant Strike? Because I feel like that's kind of the trade off. Is Homestead Courage an instant? It's a sorcery. That is that is a big difference. Oh yeah, I think it changes a lot then because since there's a lot of red decks right now, I think also mm-hmm. having a combat trick is really good with the hope lights. All right, and the one drop prowess creatures mm-hmm. too, probably. Yep. So I, I think it makes sense. At least they've stopped playing. Uh, <laughs> at least people have stopped playing Laguna Brand Trailblazer. I saw that for some point during this month, and I don't. I don't think that card is. I mean, I think that card is really good in some spots. Like you, we saw that being played even in auras at some point. Sometimes mm-hmm. all you all you need is a wall to, to stick your pump spells in. Mm. Yeah, depending on if people are playing, uh, you know, push or something or not. You know, if you if they're just playing aggressive creatures, then yeah, zero four is not bad. Yep. Alright, so anything else that you think has been kind of lurking under the surface? You know, I mentioned control, you know, just hasn't gone away. Winota just hasn't gone away at all. Um I think Niv and Jun Citadel have kind of mm. come and gone. Um is there anything else that's either been a come and go or a you know, just with oh I I, I feel like um, you know, the green decks. We still see some just like beefy green decks showing up and still doing well uh, pretty consistently, and they don't seem to care that much about how much the meta changes. I don't think I have seen a, like, a mono-green deck doing well in a tournament for a while now. Hmm. But... I have seen some people playing Eldrazi Ramp for a while. I tested the deck myself, but... Uh, I didn't get anywhere with my list, so... I We're talking about flash in the pans. I saw someone did like five zero with uh, either or either works Marvel. We're, we're not going to talk about that. Okay. that oh, at least <laughs> not that list. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a fan of <laughs> Marvel, but they weren't. They yeah. weren't. At, you know, they they were just playing the deck from uh, standard. You know, from when it was in standard, they weren't yeah. even including all of the new cards that have come out since then. I, I don't think that was a serious deck. Yeah. Or anything to worry too it's much about. It's a meme. You, gotta yeah, be... you know, it's possible that people should be looking at Marvel again, but they should be looking at it with, hey, there's, you know, been 20 sets since then or whatever. Yeah. We should be including some of those cards. Yeah. Yeah, that, that speaks to the kind of thing we were talking about before, where thing, you can uh, explore things for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of decks that uh, appeared from the last time we talked about the metagame, the, like the Angels deck seems to be stinky, st- sticking now. Mm-hmm. You're like the deck just didn't disappear. It, it, it's here. It's putting up. Yeah, it's votes. part of the metagame now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Still not going to spend money. And uh, so, how about the combo decks? Let's let's just give a little bit of a word to them because, you know, I saw it asked earlier, and I don't know if you've got an opinion on this. Is like which is better, the ascendancy or the lotus field, and is there a big draw to one versus the other? Like, what what in the meta would draw you to one versus the other? 
Hmm. That's interesting. I think the thing with the the Jessica Ascendancy deck is that you are more flexible in a sense of what, what cards you can play and you also, like for example, if you think you need, you can play enough to be better against the aggressive decks. And you, mm. have, you have better game against Big Red because you have removal spell for the Eidolons and if you're playing Lotus Field, you don't. If they just play... Uh, Eidolon into Scabclan Berserker, you sometimes you're just going to lose. Mm. And they've got the uh, the new vampire as well, the, the cemetery, <laughs> mm-hmm. whichever one it is. But, uh, and maybe I can say that the good fish turn of the ascendancy is faster, you can count turn four. And for Lotus Field, it's uh, a bit hard to do that. But the biggest strength of Lo- the Lotus Field deck is that's not easy to interact with the combo at all. Mm-hmm. And if you just play a disenchant effect, uh, you can just try this guy's tendency, and it's good enough. Mm. Yeah. Especially if you're pressuring okay. your opponents. Okay, that's fair. So they both have a viable spot in the meta, and they're hated by slightly different things. Mm-hmm. There's some overlap, like Deafening Silence is good against both, for example. Mm-hmm. You said silence, the one that stops people from playing the card, or playing more uh, than one card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Deafening Silence yeah, is deafening the one silence. mana enchantment oh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. you can't cast more than one non-creature spell per turn, mm-hmm. I believe it is. Gotcha. I would I would say that this is the, probably the best sideboard card in the format right now, because mm. it's <laughs> really good against all the combo decks, and it's also really good against Phoenix. I mean, I was mm. testing out Archon of Emeria, and it's just too slow, but it's great. If it, if it lands, it's great. Yeah, a bunch of decks played that. It's a good card. I think it's still seen play in sideboards. Mm-hmm. Like the white decks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. A little more removable. Yeah. Alright. So yeah, you guys wanna talk anything you wanna say anything else about the uh the metagame or you wanna move on to some you know big news that, you know, came out about well, let's night. talk news a little bit, I think. Yeah, I'm good. So um, the big news everyone was talking about, I would say, this last week was that uh, SCG is going to be adding Pioneer back into uh, their their tournament structure. Um, so I, I sent you a link on if you uh, have it open or not. But uh, come March, I believe, uh, so after Kamigawa comes out, uh, there's going to be a Pioneer 5K, uh, I, I believe, at SCG Con Indianapolis. And I want to say that they are also doing a team constructed event during that same weekend, which is Modern Pioneer and Legacy. And yeah, I think that's kind of the bigger news is that, you know, that's their main event of the entire convention is it's going to be a, you know, it's Pioneer. It's only yeah. one third Pioneer because it's team constructed. But that's huge for me is that it's a Pioneer event. Yeah, so two big events coming up in March. Um, it's great, you know, of course, to see Pioneer back. Um, yeah, I think it's great as well. We, I kind of feel like you have to preface it with like you know, not a hundred percent chance these will fire because of COVID. Um, mm. it just kind of kind of put that out there that um, I, I, but I do think that it's brought a lot of attention to the format. You know, I think 
Pioneer's been in a really good place. You know, we've been happy to talk about it. And I think anytime there's like, hey, you know, three months from now, there's going to be a big event that gets people saying, okay, I should really be paying more attention to this format. I should have, you know, at least someone on my team should be testing this mm-hmm. and uh, practicing it. And that gets people talking about it, playing it. Yeah. Um, so really excited about that. Yeah, I'm hoping... It is still really good news. I'm crossing yeah. fingers that COVID will be under control by the time. I'm not going to have any opportunity of playing these events, but of course I get happy that they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to fly out to Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe. It's close to, close to where I live. My my family lives in Indiana, so... It's not the worst drive for me, but I don't think I'm going to make it. Do you think, um, you know, having this event, will this, uh, I mean, we've had a lot more buzz around uh, Pioneer lately. Uh, will this create even more buzz? Uh, is having, you know, paper events the push that people need to, you know, give Pioneer, you know, another chance? I mean, I would say that on MTGO, it's become more popular recently. I know, Claudio, can you... Yeah, I was going to say that. I have confirm. been noticing that the the challenges are getting bigger and bigger they're close mm-hmm. to 100 people consistently now which is really good and that is you know, i want to say so i want to shout out some you know people that have been seeing big names that have been doing a lot of pioneer content you know not just we love to shout out anyone who's doing pioneer content especially if you're small you want to hear you know get some people interested in your content mm-hmm. let us know we'll make sure to retweet you but i've also been seeing some bigger names um, you know, I know Canister was streaming the challenge this morning, had almost 600 people watching at mm. one point. I want to say that's pretty good. Uh, we've also been seeing Todd Anderson has been streaming. He said he'll be streaming all yeah. the month of January. Every day, Pioneer content will be streaming on that. You know, that's a great place to just follow some Pioneer content, play it at a high level. Uh, I do also want to shout out, you know, the Arena pod. Arena deck lists. Uh-huh. I think that's Gary Thompson and like Brian Gottlieb. They did an episode on Pioneer. Um, and, you know, they threatened, "Hey, if we don't get enough attention, we won't do it whatever on." But huh. if you guys haven't, go ahead and listen to that. Give them some love. Let them know that you like hearing the Pioneer content, and maybe we'll see even more of it. Yeah, yeah. Todd Anderson said he wanted to become the Pioneer guy, so that means like he <laughs> might just be doing that. So he's coming for me. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be doing it consistently, which which is good. You know, um, we have a lot of podcasts and stuff. We don't. We still need a lot more uh, written content. I would I would think so. I'm looking forward to seeing more deck lists and you know things like that that he he puts out. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's really great because it's kind of understandable that people think that sometimes I don't know, like the performance is not doing very well. If you open Twitch and you don't see anyone streaming. Mm. It makes sense. I can't blame them, and it's and it's really great when you see more content creators doing stuff for Pioneer for sure. Like I, Nasif uh, was playing Pioneer uh, like uh, last week, I think, which is cool as well. Hmm. Yeah, you can't. Re- Any other big yeah. names you've noticed you want to shout out? Well, as long as we're doing that. Mm, yeah, like Don Harvey is playing a lot now of Pioneer as well. Oh yeah. Uh, who else? I wanted to say that, um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, the overall, uh, how can I say, opinion of Pioneer has shifted. I have seen a lot more positive uh, reactions, positive comments in general about the Pioneer format. I haven't seen any negative stuff. People are memeing a lot less, I guess, if that's... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you know, people what, what... Re- uh, finally realized, and we got to a, to a point where like Pioneer has been great for yeah a very long time now, which is yeah. great. People were a bit afraid of Phoenix, 
but had that has settled down, I would say, which is great. Like, yeah, I, I was scared of Phoenix. I thought that deck was getting insane numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you see that. I think this is really speaking well for how Pioneer can adapt. Like, mm-hmm. no external mm-hmm. changes were needed, and things self-regulated as they did before, which I think is really good. Yeah, I think one of the big people said like Pioneer is the deck building format. Um, you know, it's one of the only, how could I say, uh, eternal formats where, you know, you can, it still rewards good deck building as opposed to, you know, I don't know, net decking, I guess. Magic is magic intended. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's, I, that's the way people usually meant that, that phrase. Like, I think it's really cool to see stuff like, for example, uh, the deck that just that won the PTQ, you you take for granted that you can play on nothing or for a color deck, but it's not like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. The card is not free, and you can gain something by giving that up for a uh, consistency in the mana base, for example, mm-hmm. which is something uh, that really can't happen anywhere else, I think, because because once you get to access to fetch lands, things in that aspect are gone. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. I think there's a lot of edges to be gained, even if they're small, which is really cool. So, one more thing I wanted to talk about as far as paper events are concerned, if you guys don't mind moving on to this last topic. Uh, Tokyo sure. has the God of Pioneer number six uh, this next weekend. I actually signed up for it this time, and I actually plan on going. Um, this time, even though the COVID numbers are up, I'll be very careful, wear my, my mask, wash my hands, and stuff like that. But um, it has a 300-person cap. And if you guys could go, I wanted to ask you, what would you play? We kind of talked a little bit about my choice. I'm thinking of that mono-red deck, even though I don't have $40-plus to spend on the Cemetery Gatekeepers. But everything else looks good. So maybe you can comment on my choice as well as what you would play, if you don't mind. Yep. Claudia, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I think I would. I, I think the mono red deck is solid. It's a it's a good choice. Uh, paper metas are uh, usually hard to predict, so I would probably have to pick something safe. So mm. I would. I think the mono black deck is really good. Ascendancy would be mm. my other choice and. Blue black mm-hmm. control, I think. I think blue black control mm-hmm. is really good right now. I would say. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of blue black control. Yep. Yeah, we've seen a lot more blue white. It's tough, you know. You know me. I usually like to be pretty bold with my deck choices, but I feel like if it were a really big event for me, I would go with something that I'm probably more comfortable with. That's a little bit more classic. I, I might play Arcanist. That might be where I would go with. Mm-hmm. It's like a black red Arcanist deck. Yeah, I could see that as well. I would say um, one of the things that makes uh, combo harder to play in paper is just like uh, the repetitions. You know, if people don't have MTGO and can't kind of like goldfish basically uh, again and again, they're not going to be out as in large numbers as they are in in, in MTGO. Does that make sense? It depends on the deck for me. I love playing, like, I will just goldfish solitaire decks all day sometimes, um, but it depends on what the deck is. I like, think that I if think... the decks perform mm. loops, they're easy, easier to play in paper. Mm. Because you can loops? just say, yeah, if you're just doing repetitive actions, because you can mm-hmm. just say in paper, 
I'm going to do this X amount of times. It, that's mm-hmm. something allowed. So, I would say that uh, Lotus Field will probably be more popular than Ascendancy at this event. Ooh, so that that is a that sounds like something we should be betting on here. <laughs> Just because uh, people have more experience with it, more more knowledge of it. And like uh, the ascendancy is kind of something that just came about. I think some people will be on ascendancy, but I think as far well, as well, I, I don't think I, I don't think ascendancy is something that just came about. What I, I you know one reason I might be leaning with you is because we did have a challenge deck that was uh, ascendancy mm-hmm. or not uh, uh, ascendancy field. that was lotus, lotus field. field. Yeah, makes it a lot easier for people to just upgrade it if that's the deck they're going to run mm-hmm. at a big event. Um, but you know, I take the other side of that that wager. Now you said mono black you expected to be up, but we're talking about vampires, right? Yeah, the black white vampires deck. Yeah, yeah. As far as that's the black deck, not just like the uh, old school mono black aggro. Yeah, that's not totally gone, but I think that that's been. Ooh, I, I think actually, kind of those people have moved to more mono red, maybe. Oh, the the mono black deck might be. Might be poor position now, maybe because yeah. a lot, a lot of mana darks with hex proofs in play, and you can play self-inflicted ones. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's decent. I think I would worry about all the Kalidas floating around, maybe. At least yeah. on limited duo right now, uh, vampires is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tough sometimes yeah, to to make some meta game decisions like that. But you know, you might get yeah, lucky. You- I would love to play. I mean, is Phoenix still on main deck Hinger? I feel like they're kind of not anymore, which, uh. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's worth taking another look. Yeah, they're kind of relying on Fiend in the Ice to do, uh, do the heavy lifting against creatures. Yeah. And you have Fight to Push, so you're fine. Hmm. Yeah, I want to play uh, Mono Black, except that Sorens are like $40 in Japan now, so. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Expensive. They're buying this thing for like 25 I think Soaring is a really underrated card because you can see playing a lot of different decks. Like you, you see the Rakdos deck, Blue Black Control, mm-hmm. Vampires. It's a really good card, I think. The new one, you mean? Yeah, the, the new Mirthless? one. The Mirthless? Yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah. So you're not... You're not telling me to stay away from mono red. That's that's good. Usually they're <laughs> no, like, no, no we're, we're happy to support you on mono red. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good choice. It's my first reasonable choice in years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to bring us towards the end of our show here. Let's do a little bit of shout outs as far as, you know, we do shout out a lot of other people. Let's make sure to, if you guys are looking to follow Pioneer content, we are always retweeting it. We're always talking about it. You can find us on Twitter at MTG Pioneer, and you can also find a link to our Discord where we post a lot of stuff about our shows. We uh, interact with our people. If you want to suggest a deck, talk about a deck list, you know, want us to look over your deck list, etc. We're always happy to do that. You can also find these guys online. You guys can find me on Twitter at Yo Japan Hobbyist. And yeah, if if you find any good content out there, I know a lot more people are starting to make content and people have made content in the past. And if you read something good, you see something interesting on Twitter or um, you know, YouTube, uh, wherever, you know, li- you know, at MTG Pioneer so we can see it. We'll retweet you or you can add it into our, our content um, uh, channel on, on Discord. We're more than happy to get all that information out there. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, help us help you, I guess is what I'm looking for. <laughs> but yeah, Claudio, how about you? Any shout outs? Yeah, you can find me at Claudio at... HMTG on Twitter. I am trying to make a comeback to, to streaming. 
that's going to be let's see how that's going to work so but I I'm usually tweeting a lot about Pioneer and talking about like decks I find interesting as well so give me a follow there if you if you're a fan yeah people are always retweeting Claudio tweets (laughs) yeah all right that's gonna bring us into our show thank you guys so much for listening hopefully you enjoy this kind of content we look forward to being your go-to source of pioneer information online because we are your first pioneers and we are flapping out and thank you one more time for joining us claudio yep